Well, lately we've been in a series of messages called God Talk. And we're asking the question, does God talk to people today? And specifically, as if God talks to us today, how can, we, how can we discern His voice? How can we know that God is speaking to us? How can we know that what we're hearing is truly the voice of God and not just something that's in our own minds? You know, these days, Americans talk to God quite a bit, believe it or not. Over half of Americans in a recent poll said that they pray to God at least daily. Whether they are people of uh, Christianity or not, whatever religion or no, no religion at all, over half of Americans pray daily and three-fourths of Americans pray at least once a week. Among evangelical Christians, four out of every five pray every single day. So the question isn't, are we talking to God? I think the question is, is God talking back? You know, uh, I recently heard about a man, very uh, well-known doctor of immunology at a prestigious medical institution. If I told you the name of the institution, you'd know it well. And he, as a doctor of immunology there, he was very well-known. He made all kinds of money, very influential, very successful in his field. And just recently, he decided to, t- to, to leave his career, to leave his job, and to uproot his family and move to Uganda. Because there are many, many people there who are dying of AIDS and he believed that he might be able to make a difference. And when he was asked, why in the world would you leave a career like this and move to Uganda? He said, very simply, because God told me to. In fact, he said, you know what, I, for, for years I have struggled with this decision because I have heard God's voice very clearly. I, it's unmistakable in my life. I've known I was supposed to make this decision, but I thought such a decision would be... Foolish and reckless, and I couldn't get myself to make the decision. But finally, I decided to say yes to God. And now he has a tremendous ministry impacting people who are suffering with AIDS in the nation of Uganda. Yet at the same time, there are the other stories, right? There are stories like a guy by the name of Vernon Howell, who decided many, many years, he was raised in a Christian family, thought himself to be Christian, but he thought that he heard God talk to him also. And he thought God told him to move to Waco, Texas, to rename himself David Koresh, to get married to a dozen different women, including one woman who was 14 years of age, and to become the messenger telling the world about the imminent return of God to judge and destroy the world. And for those of you who were around in the 1990s, you know how well that turned out, right? I remember as a kid... Uh, one morning getting ready for school and I flipped on the television and I saw this Christian televangelist on the air. And I was shocked as an eight, eight or nine year old hearing his, the words he said. He said, God has told me that if I don't raise $8 million in the next week, God will kill me. Do you remember this story? I certainly do. I remember as an eight or nine year old thinking, wow, God does that? I don't remember reading that one in scripture. And I didn't remember that story in Sunday school class. But... I heard this guy cry and scream and share, God told me that you guys have to give me $8 million so I can build this facility. And then two years later, after it was built, after he raised the $8 million, he said God told him to close it. And, you know, it's, it's things like this for those who follow Jesus and those who don't even follow Jesus who just really raise the question, does God really talk to people today? And if so, how can we know what he's truly saying. There are those who are followers of Jesus, committed followers of Jesus. There are those who are, in, who are pastors and preachers in ministry, and they will say, they've had this idea of, 
best way I can describe it is Bible deism. They believe that God isn't involved in the world except through the Bible. If God talks, he only talks through the Bible and no other way. They would say, God gave us the good book and that's all we need, that's all we've got. And as I hear that, I just, my heart breaks inside because I realize that that line of thinking can be so damaging. Because what it says to you and I is, our relationship with God can only be one way. We can communicate with Him, but we can't expect Him to communicate back to us the things that we're struggling with, the decisions we need to make in our lives, the tough calls that we have to make at times. Basically, what this idea is, is that we're just stuck on our own. And it's not a very biblical concept either. There's an author by the name of Henry Blackaby. Perhaps you've heard of him. He said this. He said, because of the abuses that we have seen, many become wary of attributing anything to God and they reject the availability of God's personal guidance and opt instead for a lifeless set of doctrines to direct their lives fully. And you know, I think he's right. Now, what he's not saying is... Henry Blackaby is not bagging on Scripture here. He's not just... But what he's saying here is that you can't have a relationship with a book. We have a relationship with the living God who gave us this book. And our relationship with God cannot be a one-way relationship. How many relationships do you have that you feel like are really meaningful and they're one-way relationships? How well does that work out? It doesn't, does it? And in numerous places throughout Scripture, God talks to us and He shares with us that He wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us. He wants to be able to respond to us. Isaiah 58 is one of the most meaningful places where God communicates that. Where God says, then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. The Lord will guide you continually. The truth is, the extent to which we are listening well and we have a relationship with God through prayer determines how well we make out what God is trying to say to each one of us in our lives. In fact, in this passage of Scripture we're going to be looking at today in Proverbs 2, we're going to be instructed in this whole area of listening to God and how that can make a difference in our lives. So I want to encourage you, if you have your Bibles with you, take a moment, turn to Proverbs chapter 2, kind of in the middle of the Bible there. Hopefully you'll find it just after Psalms. If you don't have your Bible with you, you probably have a smartphone in your pocket or a tablet in your purse. Feel free to pull it out. We've made getting to our online sermon notes now starting this week even easier. Every week, all you have to remember is go to gracetucson.org slash Bible, and it's right there. You can follow along with the scriptures, with any interactive sermon notes that I provide you, stuff, online content that I don't present in the message. All that stuff is there. So feel free to turn to Proverbs 2 if you would. And while you're turning there, let me just share this with you. God does talk to people today through a variety of different means. God talks to us through Scripture. And He uses Scripture to help set boundaries for us in our lives and to help teach us how to have a personal relationship with God. God also uses circumstances and He even uses the supernatural at times, which we'll talk about next week, to get our attention. There have been one or two of you who have shared with me through this series that you are absolutely convinced that there was a time in your life, a really difficult time in your life, when God, you literally heard the audible voice of God in your life. And you know what? Who am I, I don't question that. God uses supernatural means to get our attention at times in our lives and to help build up our faith through, in, in, in Jesus. God also uses godly counsel at times to guide and direct us. Godly counsel serves as a confirmation to help us know that what we think we're hearing God says, 
godly counsel comes alongside and confirms, yes, I believe that's what God is saying to, to, to you and I. And, and it gives us the confidence to know we should trust and to follow what we believe God's saying. But most often, most often, God speaks to his people through prayer. Through spending time listening to the voice of God on a regular basis. Through allowing the direction of the Holy Spirit to guide our thoughts, to guide our hearts and to help us see specific things that God is wanting to show us that just Scripture in general can't address. Perhaps about some of the decisions, as I said, we need to make in our lives. Or the, the things that we're struggling with in our lives. Listening to God in prayer is the most common way that God likes to speak into the day-to-day decisions of our lives. But here's the thing. We have to know how to experience that ourselves. We can say God wants to speak to us by, by us listening to God, to him speaking to us in prayer. But if, if we don't know how to do that, then we're really kind of stuck, aren't we? So today, as I, as I walk through the, uh, Proverbs 2 with you over the next little bit, there's going to be a part of my message when I'm just going to make this really super practical. And I'm going to help us discover what it looks like to be alone with God and to have some confidence that we're hearing God speak into our lives. So Proverbs chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Lord, I just pray is that as we spend some time in your word right now, that you would use these next few minutes to seize our attention and help us to see what you're saying to us. God, I pray that these words would not just leap off the page for us, but they would just penetrate our hearts and help us to see your heart for us, this relationship, this communication that you want to have with us. Lord, help us to discover what a prayerful relationship with, with you can truly look like. In Jesus' name. Proverbs 2, starting in verse 1. This is what God says to us. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Turn your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Notice how God appeals to you and I in these verses that we would listen. Do you see that? In verse 1, my child, listen to what I say. Turn your ears to wisdom, verse 2. So that you'll hear what I'm saying to you about your life. See, this, isn't, this scripture isn't just about learning what scripture teaches us and God communicating through that, although he does that. He's saying here to each one of us, he's saying that in those areas that we're seeking wisdom about important decisions, verse 3, that we're to cry out for insight and to ask God for understanding. To work hard at it, it says, even as, as we're trying to find a hidden treasure somewhere. That's how we're to search for God in those moments and say, God, I really want to hear what you have to say about what I'm going through in my life right now. Now, keep in mind, when this passage was written in Proverbs, this was, bef- this was in a time before the Holy Spirit came to live in the lives of those who followed Jesus. And this time in people's lives, they didn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them 24-7 to guide their decisions where they could have instantaneous access to God whenever they wanted. It was a struggle. It's a struggle that many of us who follow Jesus today can't even relate to. Some of you, if you've 
haven't walked with Jesus, you kind of know what that feeling is like where you feel like you're trying to talk to God and you're trying to listen and, and it's hard. And then maybe perhaps after you come to a place in your life where you accept Christ and you realize how much easier it can be in your communication to God, to and from God, where you hear God's voice. That, that's what's happening here. What we see in 1 Corinthians 2 is that when we accept Christ into our lives, the Holy Spirit instantaneously comes and dwells inside of us and lives there for the rest of our lives, which is an amazing thing. You and I have this access to God now 24-7. Anytime we want it, we have it. And John 14, 26 says that the big reason why God provided that was so that he could guide us, so that we would know his will in the day-to-day decisions of our lives. God no longer has to speak in a loud, booming voice to be able to communicate to us unless he wants to. In fact, Scripture says he prefers to speak to us in a still, small voice. Matthew 10 describes the voice of God's Spirit as whispers in our ears. And in Hebrews chapter 8, God says that he speaks to our minds and our hearts so that we will all come to know him and love him. We can have confidence, Jesus said, that when we seek diligently the voice of God, when we seek diligently to understand what he is saying to us, that we will not only hear, but we will recognize his voice above the voices, other voices in our head and in culture. Let me just put it to you this way. Maybe this is the clearest way to say this to you, and I, to you this morning. God doesn't play hide and seek with us. He wants us to hear him. And he wants us to want to hear him. We can expect that if we listen, that God will speak to our hearts. And in fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, it's that God actually tells us to not talk so much to him. Uh, if you ever looked at Ecclesiastes 5 verses 1 to 3, I think this is such an interesting passage. It says, God says to us, don't babble on and on and on telling me over and over again about the same things over and over again. But instead it says... It says, with our, with your, come to me with your ears open and your mouth shut. And it says in verse 2, So let our words be few, because too many words before God can make us look like a fool. <laughs> so how many times do we have one-way conversations with God? And we just assume that if we do all the talking, that God will do all the listening and he'll just do whatever we want. And, and so oftentimes when we pray, we never stop and say, God... Is there something maybe you want to be sharing with me? Is there something you're trying to tell me about what I'm going through in my life right now? Now, conversations can be one way. And God's saying, don't make your conversations with me one way. I want to communicate to you. I want to share with you what's on my heart, if you'll listen. Now, in this passage today that we're focusing on in Proverbs chapter 2, I want you to notice here, starting in verse 5, how God describes to us all the benefits of taking the time to listen for his voice. See if you can pick these out as I read them. Verse 5, it says, Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will... Understand what is right and just and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. 
Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Do you see in this passage how God is just communicating all these different ways we will benefit from taking the time to listen? It says in verse 5 that we will understand and gain knowledge about, about God. That we will gain understanding and wisdom for life in verse 6. That we will be protected and we'll have common sense in verses 7 and 8. It says that, he will, that we will find the right way to go in life, verse 9. And through that, that we'll be filled with joy as we hear God's voice. But here's the thing, and this is so important, guys. If we're not careful, we can miss that voice. There are times in our lives when we miss the voice of God, even though God is speaking to us, because we're not really paying attention and we aren't hearing what he has to say. We see that in several, in several stories through Scripture with people like Samuel and Jonah who were about to miss what God had to say to them because they weren't taking the time to truly listen attentively to what God had to say. The Bible actually explains to us that there are several different ways where if we're not careful, we can miss the voice of God in our lives. I want to share the four biggies with you. There are four ways that we can miss the voice of God in our lives. Number one, God talks about in Scripture, if we have unresolved sin in our lives, if there are things that God is trying to deal with us in our lives and we're running from it, if we're pushing God away in those moments, we've learned that we can actually miss what God is, how God is trying to direct us in life because we're not dealing with this issue. We can also miss God by having broken and unresolved relationships. There's a couple of passages where, where God talks about, you know, if, if, if you have a cross relationship with someone, leave, leave your time in God's presence and go directly to that person and try to resolve it. And there's another passage that says, as much as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. Because when we, when we have those broken and unresolved relationships in our lives, they can block us at times from hearing the voice of God in our lives. We can also miss the voice of God at times in our lives because of an absence of faith and trust in God. When we don't believe what God is saying, we can miss all that He is saying to us. But here's the last thing, and here's what I want to kind of focus as I kind of start pulling this message together and wrap up. The fourth way that I found in Scripture that we miss the voice of God, and I believe for most of us this is the number one reason why we miss it, is because we are so stinking distracted by the noise and busyness of the world around us that we miss what God is trying to say. These days in the 21st century, that is harder than ever. We are so bombarded by noise and distractions in our world today that it is really hard to hear the whispers of God when He speaks to us. You know, there was a priest who died a few years ago. Some of you who know me well know this is one of my favorite authors. His, he was named Henry Nowen. This is what he wrote years ago before he died. He said, it is clear that we are usually surrounded by so much inner and outer noise that it is hard to truly hear God when He is speaking to us. We have often become deaf, unable to know when God calls us and unable to understand in which direction God calls us. A spiritual life, he says, requires discipline because we need to learn to listen to God who constantly speaks but whom we seldom hear. And then he says this. He says, The core of all prayer is indeed listening, obediently standing in the presence of God. You know, listening may be the most common way that God likes to talk to his people. But maybe today you would say that isn't the most common way he talks to you. 
Is that perhaps because you don't take the time to listen? Is it because you, whether intentionally or not, you allow the busyness and clutter of your life to drown out the voice of God? You know, as I close this message out, I want to be super practical with you for just a few minutes. Because it's one thing to say, yeah, I need to hear the voice of God. and I need to be able to hear it. I need to be able to be confident in knowing that I'm hearing God's voice. But how do we do that? How do we create that space where we can hear God's voice in our lives? I want to make this really simple for you, so simple that you can actually learn this in your head and take this with you as you leave today. I actually put a flyer in your program today also. If you happen to see it, it's... um, it's got the little God talk thing in the top right corner about using a prayerful relationship to hear the voice of God. I, I kind of typed this out for you so that you could stick this in your Bible. And in those moments when you really need to hear from God, that you might pull it out and remind yourself of what that looks like on a practical basis. But let me share with you just real quickly what I think that looks like and what I've seen it looks like in my own life. The first thing that I, I realize in my life that I have to do to, re, to hear God's voice is I have to withdraw. I have to get away. Now, that's not just true of introverts. That's true of all of us. We have to be able to put ourselves in a place where we drown out, we eliminate all the noise and the distractions of the world around us so that we can truly hear that gentle whisper of God's Spirit. You know, when Jesus walked the earth in the first century, there were times when he would have, many mornings, he would go away alone to pray to God and listen for God's voice. Many evenings, Jesus would go away for the evening and he would leave his friends and family behind so that he could go and hear the voice of God in his life. In fact, there's at least one situation that we know of in Scripture where Jesus went away for several days just to hear God's voice in his life. And let me ask you, if that was true for Jesus to be able to eliminate all the distractions he had in the first century and the noise of the first century, how much more? Do you and I need that in the 21st century? We need to be able to bring ourselves to a place where we withdraw, where we get away from the noise of the things around us so that we can hear the voice of God. Now, as I say that, guys, I know I get it. It's really hard sometimes to do that, isn't it? We live in a a culture today that constantly demands so much of us, so much of our time. We find that if I could, just trying to find five minutes to be alone with God is hard enough, let alone a block of time. There are times when I feel like God is just telling me, I've, I've sensed this thing where God's wanting to, 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 sh- to speak to me and reveal things to me. And I've literally, at times, I've just had to go get in my car and drive off way out of town and park my car in the desert somewhere. Shut the car off and just say, okay, God, I got away from all the noise. Help me clean that, clear out my mind where I can hear what you're willing to say to me. One of the things I'll share with you that I found really beneficial, I've just discovered this in the last couple of months, is there's a place on the west end of town called the Desert House of Prayer. It's right across from the Redemptorist Center on the west end of town. And it's a place that you can go on any day and you can just be with God for the day, as much as you want. There's a tremendous library there, easy chairs all over the place where you can just sit and be alone with God. Places you can walk outside and listen to God's voice. They just create this space for those who want to hear the voice of God. And it's available for those of you who want it. You can actually Google Desert House of Prayer Tucson and find out more about it. But I have found so oftentimes in my life, if I don't create that space to withdraw, I don't hear what God is saying. So I've learned that I have to withdraw. And the second thing that I have to do is when I've taken that time to withdraw, I have to take time to worship. 
In other words, I have to take time to just express to God how much I love him and how much respect and awe I have for him. And in those moments when I'm worshiping, what I'm reminding myself of and what I'm reminding God of is, God, right now, although I've got all these things in my mind that I want to hear about from you, right now all that matters is my relationship to you, to show you how much I love you and how deeply I want to have a a closer relationship with you. And so in those moments, as I'm worshiping God, that's just all I'm focusing on is God's beauty, God's grandeur, and I'm saying, God, help me to know you more. Now, for some of, some of the men in the room, when I, you, I throw up the word worship and you're thinking, oh, now, Dave, you lost me. I'm not the singing type. You know what? I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm not the singing type either. My, none of my family will ever catch me singing in the bathroom. That, that's just never going to happen. I don't do that. I can't carry a, bo- carry a tune if I tried. But for me, what worship looks like in those moments is to play some music on the radio or on my cell phone, some worship music, and as I'm hearing someone who sings far better than me play, sing those words, that I'm connecting to God and saying, God, this is how I feel about you. This is, this, is, this is what I want you to know about my feelings toward you right now. And those moments, do you know what's happening? I'm, the first step of withdrawing was getting rid of the, all the outside clutter. And when I worship, it gets rid of all the inside clutter. And it gives me that connection to God where I can hear God better than I usually can. So I withdraw, I worship, and then, here's the third one, I wait. Now, for some of us who are more impatient, A-type personality types, we don't like the fact that if we go and we create space to be with God, well, dang it, God should just speak, right? God should just get get with the program. You know, I've got so much time, he's got to talk. What I have found so oftentimes is it takes quite a bit of time to get rid of all the noise, all the distractions, all the to-do lists in my head to truly hear the voice of God. And I just want to encourage you guys, if you go and you be alone with God, if you withdraw and spend some time with Him, be okay with the fact that you might not hear God speak in the first 15 minutes you give Him. It might take a half an hour or an hour or more, but are you, is your focus on worshiping and being with God and saying, God, I'm here, however long it takes. God, you know I've got a pretty important decision to make in my life this week. And you know what? If I need to be here all day, sitting in my sitting in my chair, sitting in my prayer closet, sitting out here in the desert in my car, I'll do that. Are you willing to wait to hear the voice of God in your life? Is it that important to you? Maybe in those times, as we talked about last week, you spend time reading and meditating on a small verse of Scripture, and you read it over and over and over again, and you just kind of allow the scripture to sink into your heart. And as you're reading it, you're asking God, God, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to say to me today as I read this passage of scripture? If you weren't here last week, there's some flyers out at the, at the grow table, the blue grow table as you leave, where I kind of gave an outline of how to spend time taking one passage of scripture and just meditating on it over and over again so that you can hear the voice of God in your life. And finally, what I want to share with you this morning to hear, truly hear God is that after we've withdrawn and we've worshipped God and we've spent time waiting, that we write. You know, oftentimes when I really need to hear from God, when it's more than just a quick five, 10 or 15 minute prayer time with God before I rush about my day, when I really need to hear from God, what I have found that is really helpful for me is that I'm not, I don't talk to God in my head or I don't even talk to God out loud, but I write my prayers out to God. 
And what I have found is when I do that, it focuses my thoughts in a way that nothing else does. I'm really thinking carefully about the words that I'm using with God in that moment. And in that, God is using it to clear my thoughts and to help me hear the still small whisper of God even clearer than if I'm just talking out loud to him. And oftentimes when I'm writing or I'm using my my iPad and I'm typing out what I feel like I'm trying to say to God, there comes this point where I feel like God is saying, okay, now, Dave, stop writing and now listen. And I will just listen and I'll start typing what I believe God's showing me. And the answer sometimes that I felt like maybe God was saying but I wasn't confident in, I all of a sudden get this confidence because I feel sure that God is speaking to me in that moment. And guys, this morning... I want that so badly for you, for each one of you. I want to know that when you have a difficult decision to make in your life, that the first thought you have is, I need to go get away with God. You know, just yesterday I was speaking with someone here at Grace who was he's getting ready to make a really tough decision in the next few days about his career. And as we talked, we were both talking about how important it was, yeah, to have godly counsel and to talk with each other about these things, but really... To just be alone with God and to listen for what he has to say. And knowing that we can approach God and that God will share with us what he wants us to know in those times in our lives. We don't have to play hide and seek with God. God says, I want to be with you. I want to communicate with you. I want to share with you what's on my heart. If you'll take the time to listen. I'll close with this. There was a guy, by, as I shared with you a little earlier, the guy by the name of Henry Nowen that's been really impacting to me. Uh, before he died, he was writing a series of letters to his nephew by the name of Mark. His nephew was a young guy, and he was, he was very uninterested and apathetic toward faith in his life. And one of the things that he wrote in one of those letters I thought was so fitting to us today. So I want to encourage you today... Um, whether you, regardless of what your relationship with God looks like today, you might say today that your relationship with God is really close and that you can hear the voice of God whenever you need to. Maybe you'd say that your voice, that the voice of God is somewhat distant in your life at times and you really want to hear, but you just find it's really difficult to connect to God. Maybe you would say your relationship to God is non-existent right now, that you don't even really have a relationship with God. I want to encourage you today if that, regardless of where you are, to press into God. To create those spaces in your day, in your week, in your month, where you carve out time for no other reason just to be with God. I'll share with you what Henry Nouwen told his nephew. He said this, Listen to your heart. It's there that Jesus speaks most intimately to you. Praying is first and foremost listening to Jesus who dwells in the very depths of your heart. He doesn't shout. He doesn't thrust himself upon you. His voice is an unassuming voice, very nearly a whisper, the voice of a gentle love. Whatever you do with your life, he said to his nephew, go on listening to the voice of Jesus in your heart. The listening must be an inactive and very attentive listening. For in our restless and noisy world, Jesus' loving voice is easily drowned out. You need to set aside time, some, some time every day for this active listening to Jesus. If only for ten minutes. Ten minutes each day for Jesus alone can bring a radical change to your life. So let me ask you this morning. 
Do you believe God can speak to you? Do you believe with all of your heart that if you go and be away with God and spend time in His presence, that He will honor His Word and He will speak to you about the areas of your life you want answers? God wants you and I to have confidence today that He speaks. He speaks through godly counsel. He speaks through His Word. He speaks supernaturally to us at times. And He speaks to us most commonly through prayer. Would you pray with me? Lord, I just ask today on behalf of all of us who are in this room and those who are listening online that you would help us to hear your voice. Lord, so often we get so wrapped up in the busyness of our world, of our days, that we miss your still small voice. Lord, forgive us for those seasons of our lives when we get so wrapped up in the busyness of our lives that we fail to make time with you a priority. To not only make time with you a priority, but to listen when we make that time. To hear what you have to say. God, help us to get past those hang-ups that many of us have at times about wondering if we can hear your voice. And Lord, as we spend time in your word, and as we spend time with our, our hearts just open before you, Lord, give us the ability to trust. To trust, as John 10, 27 says, that my sheep hear my voice, and they don't follow the voice of another. God, as we press into you and we seek to hear your voice, Lord, give us the confidence to know that we are hearing you and to not second guess it. Lord, I pray in the weeks ahead that as we carve out those times, that you will just honor those times, Lord, and that we will, we will know without a shadow of a doubt what you're saying to us and that we will learn to rest as we wait for that voice. Let me just uh, say to you while we're in prayer right now, if you've never said yes to Christ, if you've never accepted Christ into your life, or if, you've, if you did maybe a long time ago, but you've walked away from God, I don't think it's any accident that you're here today. And I want to give you an opportunity. If you want to make that connection to God, if you want to hear the voice of God in your life, or if you want to reconnect to God and hear God in a way that you haven't in a long, long time, if you want to reestablish that connection to God today, I want to give you that opportunity. Because God doesn't want to speak to us in barely discernible muffled tones. He wants to speak to us loudly and clearly in our hearts. And the hang-up isn't God, it's us. So if that's you this morning and you want to make a commitment to God or a fresh recommitment to God, I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me in the silence of your heart and allow God to start working and in through your heart right now. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I confess that I need you. Lord, in the business of my life, I have allowed the noise of my world to drown you out. And God, I ask that you would forgive me of that. God, I ask that you would forgive me of all of those things in my life that have separated me from you. God, I ask that you would forgive me of all of my sins, all those things that have created that distance. And God, I ask that you would come into my heart and forgive me of all those things as I confess that Jesus, you are my Savior and my Lord, the God who came to a cross and died for me so that I could live and live abundantly. God, I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit even now as your Scripture promises and begin to do a work in my heart of changing me from the inside out. God, make me into the man or woman of God that you called me to be. 
God, I, I want that. I want to be on an adventure with you in this life. With the years that I have left, I don't want to miss out on a single thing that you have to say to me. And so God, today I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm saying from this point forward, Lord, my heart is yours. I love you, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. This morning, before we continue on in our service, I want to give you an opportunity to just continue to listening, listening to God. Maybe in this time, you're, God's calling you to just think about the time that you set aside for Him and how you can adjust your schedule to create more space for God to speak in your life. Maybe you're at a place right now where you can think back on a time in your life, maybe in the recent past or long, long ago when you heard the voice of God in your life and it was unmistakable. Do you have one of those? Where you just, there was that time in your life, maybe there's been a few of them, but one that you remember and you just know God was speaking to you in in your heart and you trusted God in that. If that's you today, I want to encourage you to, you'll notice in your program there's a little blue bubble like we've had the last couple of weeks. Take a moment and as we just kind of sit in silence and write down what that time was like for you when you heard the voice of God because we'll be sharing those with others here at Grace in the days ahead. So let's take some time to just be with God.